0: My name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message. Our scripture reading comes from Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the word of God for the people of God. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, If I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. I was uh, listening to um, a podcast that I like called For the Life of the World and it's led by a a theologian that I'm a fan of who's at um, Yale Seminary and he was doing a series on patience. And it hit me like that I, I, y'all I have been going to church since I was a fetus, right? And I have never heard a teaching on patience. Not, not one that stuck with me anyway. And um, it caught my attention and I started to dig around in scripture a little bit. And what do you know, the Bible has like a lot to say about it. And I've been, I've been reading scripture consistently for like decades, you know? And I'd seen it in there. But the irony is, I guess it, I never really soaked it up because I was probably moving too fast to notice patience. And so um, I'm betting that um, you, at least some of y'all, might need as much work on that subject as I do. And uh, one of the downsides of having someone like a pastor is you kind of have to come along for their ride, you know? Um, And so you're along on my ride for patience. And I just, I want to take three weeks, next three weeks, and talk about something that is so outside of our vocabulary or value system, but doesn't seem to be outside of God's. So when we say patience, what are we what are we even talking about? Um, the, the word that we translate patience that comes out of the New Testament written in, in Greek um, is this one, makrothumeo, makrothumeo, you can impress your friends at lunch by saying that, makrothumeo, when they get all antsy because they're not getting seated very well, you can be like, ah, macrothumeo. they'll be like, what, and um, and so here's just a couple, of, a couple of definitions that I pulled from a few uh, resources, um, theological workbooks, uh, lexicons, whatnot. Uh, to persevere patiently and bravely. So this isn't about um, giving up. This is about being brave enough to be patient. Which is interesting, that means that not being patient is a result Of cowardliness. But being patient is a result of bravery. Uh, Next. Um, To be patient in bearing the offenses and the injuries of others. We've developed a muscle in our in our world, it seems like over the last few years, I call it outrage of the week, you know? Where it's like, what do I need to be deeply upset about this week, right? And, um, And offended over. And patience, no. No, it's bearing the offenses of others patiently. Being mild or slow in avenging or punishing that my enemies don't need to be punished quickly. The people that I think are wrong or bad that, ooh, I can go, I can go mildly and slowly on that. To be long-suffering that my discomfort is not my biggest problem I mean, it's not great, but it's not my biggest problem, being uncomfortable or being in a spot in life that I don't like. Having cancer is not my biggest problem. My, my world falling apart is not my biggest problem. My job, um, not being good, is not my biggest problem. My biggest problem is the state of my soul if it's not right with the Lord. Um, next. Slow to anger. Last to not lose heart. Does that did that sound like some stuff that we could use? Man, it sounds like some things that I could use. Um, just, just grabbing a few places out of scripture. There's a lot. Um, but I just I just made a little a little list here. Um, Proverbs 19. A person's wisdom yields patience now in the book of proverbs there's just a couple categories of people and it's often um, fools and the wise and so that means to not be patient is to be foolish but if we are wise that produces patience it's a sign of wisdom Um, Ecclesiastes 7, the end of a matter is better than the beginning and patience is better than pride. Old Testament's written in Hebrew and there's not one word, it seems, in our Old Testament that we translate patience. It's two words that are put together. Um, And those two words are a slow soul. And that word, the the phrase pride there that they translate is, is two words. It is a fast soul, to have a slow soul is better than to have a fast soul, or breath, to have, a, to have a slow breath, maybe that's helpful, is better than to have a fast breath. Have you noticed in baseball a lot lately when someone steps up to the batter's box, they pause and they breathe because they're about to have a ball thrown at their head at 100 miles an hour, right? Right? Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's a result of the the Spirit moving in our life. 2 Corinthians 6 describes patience as one of the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left a weapon of righteousness. I think often sometimes people will think, what would it look like to fight for righteousness? And when scripture gives a list of what those weapons are like, it says if you show up with patience, that is fighting for righteousness. Or like what we read in Colossians earlier, Colossians 3, it talks about the things that we use to clothe ourselves to be like Christ. Christ. Like, how could someone possibly mistake me for Jesus? Part of that is being clothed in, in patience. And I know so little about it. You know, we tend to use busyness, um, often I do, as a, as a status symbol um, in my uh, own individual life. Um, it's, it feels um, status giving to report that I'm busy. Uh, even as as a church, uh, we can we can report that we are busy, and um, and that that is like a, so we got I mean we got a lot going on you know um, we got to move you know what I mean and there's good things to do but is all of that is all of that good? Um, maybe the reason why it is so absent from us is our society has, has no idea what to do with patience. Uh, our, our, um, I noticed a new balances, new ad campaign, um, new balance, th- this is it. Check it out. Impatience is a virtue, the, the small text. When you know what you want, waiting isn't an option. So buy a tank top. right? Why why is that? There was a room full of people that get paid a lot of money to work on this. And they were like, this is going to make us millions of dollars. Why? Why? Because they know that this value right there appeals to our heart. Because our heart says that I am the center of the universe and time needs to move around me and when I know what I want, waiting isn't an option. You know what's strange about that, though, is when we think that we're the center of the universe, therefore we should get what we want when we want it, the actual center of the universe is patient. He's patient. We could talk about modernity, the modern age. Um, One of the ways we could talk about it is in terms of acceleration. That if you, uh, other than the last 150 years, if you had like cameras orbiting the globe and they just filmed the physical movement of humanity, um, there wouldn't have been a lot for, like, all of human history. Um, we just don't move that fast without cars and planes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and uh, we, we didn't move around a lot, and I, I'm glad that we can move, but in, in the last 150 years, that has, like, gone, um, gone bananas. I mean, just the migration of people and the fact that I can get on a plane tomorrow and I can be in South Africa um, by the end of the day, I mean, is amazing. Is amazing. Uh, the, the microwave dinners... Um, is, you know, remember when that took off, along with like TV trays? Do you, who's old enough, you had a set of TV trays? Yes, yeah, we watched Home Improvement. Am I, am I a 90s kid or what, right? With the TV trays? And, and it's amazing. You get this little plastic box full of something that resembles food in some way, you know, and you stick it in the microwave and you hit the 30-second button a couple of times. And, and out and out comes um, something that's covered in cheese, like voila. And, and like, look, I am, I, I am glad I have a microwave. I'm glad we can travel. Um, I'm glad my internet speed is faster than dial-up. Ah, that was like purgatory. Get off the phone, I need... But, but all of that acceleration, has it done something to our souls that we didn't expect? Horst Schulze, who was the CEO of the Ritz-Carlton hotel chain for a long, long, long time, he said when they started they would do research to see how long can someone wait in line um, to be served before they get uncomfortable or grumpy. Um, And that helped them with staffing issues and systems issues. And when he started, he said it was about four and a half minutes. Someone could come into a hotel, set down their luggage, and wait for four and a half minutes to be served before they were uncomfortable. And he said by the time he retired, it had gotten down to 23 seconds. Because, y'all, I have arrived. (laughs) I'm here. Serve me and this is our world, and this is us. Is it working for us? Is it making you better? Is it making me better? The brother of Jesus, who wasn't a follower of his brother, Until after the resurrection. You know, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was God in the flesh? Apparently, for James, it took death and resurrection. And then he was like, you know, he was right. I just, he wraps up his letter talking about patience. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. It just, it it strikes me that he had a lot of time with patience in the flesh. That that God was patient with him to help him get dressed in the morning when he was a child. And that maybe in the middle of the night when Mary was just tired, And James wakes up crying that she called, Jesus, would you go take care of James tonight, please? And instead of walking in the room and saying, you know the universe literally revolves around me, go to sleep. He was patient. Sat with him maybe, prayed with him maybe, And James watched his older brother wait 30 years before anybody knew his name and only spent three years in ministry. Patience that has shaken the world like no life before it. See how the farmer waits for the autumn and spring rains. There's a couple of ways to talk about time, and in the Greek language, um, there was a few words for it: Chronos and Kairos. Chronos is the ticking watch. It's it's the hours and the minutes and the seconds. Um, it's it's the what do I need to get done because I'm running out of Chronos you know it just keeps moving kairos is this other concept that is used a lot in the, in the in the new testament to talk about perfect timing or the fullness of time or like pregnant time that has come to its moment or god's perfect moment. It's it's this idea that in the waiting something is happening. We are waiting and in the waiting we are being prepared for the moment. And getting to the moment is good, but we can't skip the space in between. That the hallways have value. Being in between where I am and where I want to be, that that space still has value. It's not just that we have to learn how to wait. Um, although finding things that slow us down are good. Do do y'all have any practices that slow you down? That make you wait a little bit? I've noticed you know the resurgence of vinyl records. You know, I don't, I don't care what you say. If you have a decent head, uh, set of headphones or speakers, your phone sounds just as good. It does, it does, believe me. But I think the value of the whole vinyl record thing is that it slows us down a bit, that it only does one thing. I put on a record, I can't check Instagram or the weather or the news, thank God, right? I just sit and listen to Johnny Cash because Jesus, right? Just, Johnny Cash, anybody? And um, for me, a couple of practices, none of them make me cool, by the way. Zero cool points for Brett on these. Um, one is fountain pens. Like, oh my gosh, am I a nerd or what? But there's something about that I have to take them apart and clean them and fill them and that you, you use them and think about them differently that when I'm, when I'm writing a thank you note, it carries a little more something for me and, and there's a little bit of value there that I don't, I don't find anywhere else. You know, something that like a, one of those pains, pins you steal from the bank, you know, and you throw away, just doesn't give me. Um, another one. Uh, is is tea, um, good tea? Not that dust they put in a bag, but I mean, like, but like real, real tea. Um, I know coffee's cooler. You know, drinking black coffee. Um, but uh, but for me, the four and a half minutes that I wait for this has become not something to get through, but a space to breathe. I have a pastoral concern that I'll, I'll, I'll like save my, my whole spiel for later, but um, I, I've found that poetry is one of those for me. Because it's not a user's manual, and as as good Westerners, we kind of treat everything as a user's manual. Um, you know, like that 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 book for your car that you only pull out when something's wrong. A light comes on, and you're like, "What does that mean? It's not good." A light never comes on on your dashboard, and you're like, "Wonderful!" Right? It's always bad news. And you figure, like, "What in the world does that mean?" And, and and that's kind of how we treat literature, and that's bled over into how we treat scripture. You know, what's the answer to the problem that I'm facing? What what do I need to do to get my problem fixed? Here's the answer. Or I can move on with my life. But so much of Scripture is poetry. All of the Psalms, all of Proverbs, pretty much all of the prophets. Our creation story in Genesis 1 is a poem, it's a song. Um, the great hymns of Revelation are poems. Philippians 2 is a poem, 1 Corinthians 13 that we read earlier is in poetic form. And when we don't know how to read it, um, I think we lose something with Scripture and and one of the things I love about poetry is it makes me slow down. Because you gotta read it three or four times while I'm sitting in bed with my T.S. Eliot letting him work on my soul. And what do you have practices that help you go slow? S- somebody, Somebody, it's sitting in the deer stand. Or maybe it's something like, Sewing, or going on a long walk. Maybe it's making bread with your hands. I don't know. For someone really weird out here, it's working in the yard. Uh, <laughs> I hate yard work. But do we have things that help us go slow? Because here's the thing. Things are valuable to us either because they are useful or because they're holy. Things are valuable either because they are useful or because they are just holy. And when we are moving fast, when we're on Kronos only, everything is in the useful category. Is it getting me what I want, when I want it? Including you, person who hands me bag of food out of window. You are valuable to me only based on if you give me what I want when I want. You're useful to me. Time is only good if it's useful to me. My, my car, my, my kids, my, my books, my home is only good if it's useful to me. But what, what if there's a way of, of having holiness infuse our time where there is a weight, like a sacred weight on time where even in the waiting we can believe that God is at work and we don't need to go fast because the goal isn't to get somewhere the goal is to be changed and and when we can grab some patience some holy patience like a weapon of righteousness in the right hand or the left or like being clothed with Christ or like being living out love not, not being a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, but being, but being patient. Some amazing things happen. Time can be holy. And it's not just that time can be holy. It's that people can be holy. They're not just useful to us. You are valuable. Even if you're not giving me what I want, when I want, you're still just holy. And I don't need to get anything from you, at least as fast as I want it. You are already holy. And here's here's maybe the most countercultural thing I could think of. Waiting. Waiting can be holy. The hallway can be holy. My timer just went off. That it's not wasted. Last night, I put enough sugar in this to kill a horse. (laughs) Here's the thing. Of all of the strangeness of Christianity, one of the things that I think God invites us into is to remember that you're not useful to him. He just thinks you're holy because he made you and he put his image on you and he loves you. He's not trying to get anything out of you. He wants to enjoy you even when you're not giving him what he wants when he wants. He still just enjoys you. And we get to rebel against a world gone wrong with the weapons of righteousness, one of which is patience. We get to be a part of restoring a patient kingdom, under a patient king, where time isn't useful to us all the time, but it's always holy, where people don't have to be useful to be valuable. People can just be holy, where, where folks can walk around even in the waiting, even in life being a mess or a wreck or not getting what they want and even in that space, they can be living in the presence of a patient king. So for the next few weeks, I'd like to, I'd like to explore um, this topic that is new to me, I guess. Um, because our world really believes that impatience is a virtue. And that when you know what you want, waiting isn't an option. But I'm so glad we have a patient king. And the world needs a lot of people that, that get this. This, um, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Let's pray. Lord, our our patient King, slow to anger, abounding in love, willing to bear the difficulty and the suffering for the sake of something that is holy. Um, for me, this this is uh, this is unfamiliar territory. So God, I pray that you would help us as a church. Help us as a church to follow you and say yes to you. In your name we pray, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon.